Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, featuring Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith while building a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast brought to you by the Influence Alliance, the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable, scalable and impactful business. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says every one of us, no matter how we look, need fans, people who will root for us through thick and thin. Joining me on today's show is Rob Brown. Now, Rob has spent most of his career in the financial services industry as a top producing advisor, as well as in several senior leadership roles. Now, now as a business coach, Rob helps his clients achieve excellence while living more purpose-fulfilled lives. Now, Rob's an author, he's a devoted husband, a father, and a lifelong clean Cleveland Indians fan. Truest Fan is a story about turning the simple lessons that we learn from baseball, loving God and others into the way or into a way of living each and every day and encourages others to do the same. Now, on today's show, Rob is going to share the power of believing in yourself, becoming your own truest fan. He'll be talking about how to prioritize the important work first so that we can avoid the distractions that get in our way, as well as how to live life with integrity and find joy in doing for others. So welcome, Rob. Emery, thank you for having me. Um, that was quite an introduction. So I'm confident we're going to have a great show oh. today. Yeah, absolutely. The I, I love um, truest fan, and it's that story where we said you're turning simple life's lessons uh, from baseball, loving God and others in a way of living each and every day. How did you come up with um, the truest fan? Was it something that kind of bubbled along, or was it a significant event that happened that kind of led you down that idea to I'm going to do this? What was that journey? Well, it was really two things. Um, first. Um, I had a book inside of me that I've been trying to get out for years, and I have always wanted to write a fable. So um, I was like, this is the time to do it. So I went through a creative process. And then during that creative process, the one of the people that was helping me with that said, Rob, there's these two words that keep coming out in our conversation together. And he goes, you know, I'm not sure that's, you know, the title of the book, but it's it's certainly a concept to work on. And it was Truest Fan. And it came from the fact that when I think about my Cleveland Indians, I don't know how much you follow the Cleveland Indians in your part of the world. Suffice it to say that in my lifetime, they've never won the World Series. So they can be a very difficult team to be a fan for, but I'm still a lifelong fan, as dedicated as they come. And I thought about my my loyalty to the Indians. And then that spilled over to thinking about how much I love God and think about being God's truest fan, but knowing that he is my truest fan, all of our truest fans um, in return. And then um, because as I started to write the book and so many of the stories relate to things that happened in my family, although um, they're fabulized or fictionalized, I'm not sure the right way to say that. Um, it was obvious that that there was there was consistency in that 
wanting to be a truest fan, not just of that, <laughs> the baseball team, but of, of, yeah. of God and of, of my family. And, and that's how it all, how it all came together. Yeah. What I love about that is, you know, the, the analogy of you love, and, and even we mentioned it in your bio, you are a lifelong Cleveland Indians fan, even though they may not have won, uh, but they're just something that has you support them no matter what. And that can be difficult, can't it, in situations where right. they're not winning and when everything's good, it's great to be able to follow and celebrate and that. But often uh, when it, they're not, it can be difficult. But when we reflect that through a lens, if you will, of our own life and the importance of uh, staying true, being your truest fan, because if you're not your, your truest fan, you know, it, it's, it reminds me of, you know, the Lord says, you know, love others how you love yourself you don't love yourself in the way that the Lord requires, how can you love others? And that's the same as, you know, you need to be able to reflect that for yourself as well as others. And it's difficult. What is the greatest, some of the insights that you learned and obviously are reflected in the book that you want to share today about the power of believing in yourself? Yeah. Um, you know, and that is the first principle in the book. There are, there are seven principles altogether, seven lessons in the book. And the first one is the importance of self-belief. And I just, I just absolutely believe, and I, I learned this through the work that I do with my clients, is that if I can't get them to believe in themselves and the power that they have inside of them to accomplish great things, yes. even if oftentimes, you know, they have already accomplished a lot in their careers and they're wondering, you know, can I do more? Um, they can, as long as they take that back and say, you know, I am my truest fan. I believe in myself. I believe that if I take the time to think about what's important and commit to it um, and hold that energy of being my own truest fan close, um, that, that good things um, really happen that then spill over in the, into the ability to be a truest fan uh, to others. What would you say, you know, if you're looking at that, the process of that, because, you know, everything is a process, isn't it? And as we are getting to the stage, and, and for each of us, it's different, isn't it? It's different. It depends on where we may have struggled in our life. I think identity and becoming the person who the, the Lord, you know, through Christ and, and the Holy Spirit living in us, who we are anyway. And there's, there's often a lot of stripping back of labels. There's often a lot of well, things that we're doing that we realize, you know what, this is not an integrity with what the Lord wants from us so that we need to, to say sorry, you know, ask for forgiveness and that. Sure. What are you seeing as some of those processes that maybe are common themes, if you will, of getting to that stage? And why I ask that is in that process, it can in and of itself give you the great learnings that you will use for, you know, moving forward. What are some things that you can share with us? Because I'm sure that there's a, a number maybe in your own life, but what you've seen in clients as well. Yeah. You know, I, I see it in my life all the time and it becomes even more self-evident since I've written the book and I see times when I just, I just want to, to want to hold myself back. Um, and um, I say, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to hit this goal or do this with my family or do this with my clients. Um, and then I, so then I go back and I, and I think about that. Um, you know, one of the, the benefits of writing a book um, is you get reviews and I've had some great reviews of the book that have come from my clients. Um, and I know I do great work for my clients. Um, and I, 
think I help them transform their lives and their businesses. And I, and I kind of scrunch up with that because that can be a hard thing to say that you have the ability to help someone transform. I mean, I think that's really big. But in one of those reviews, one of my clients of many years wrote something that he never said to me before. He says, Rob, you have transformed my life. You have transformed my business. Um, and that created a brand new belief statement for me or, or reemphasized one that maybe I was hiding away that I have the ability through the work that I do, through the, the, the great gifts that God has given me to help people transform their businesses and their lives. And then that in turn allows them to transform the lives of their clients and the people that, that they're around. So it's a really powerful thing. But I really, I really kind of miss that or, 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 I don't, you know, I don't know what the what the right way to describe that is, but and that is the kind of thing that I want to dig out when I talk with a client, um, or, I, or I'm talking with somebody at church and they're wondering about, you know, what's their next step? What should they, should they be doing? I say, what, well, what what is it that you believe um, about yourself? And and I just get them to think about that and write some statements. And in fact, one of the things that um, folks who buy the book get access to is called. Um, the Truest Fan Implementation Guide, which includes um, a seven-day challenge um, that are based on each of the lessons. And then the first lesson is um, the uh, around self-belief, and it walks through an, uh, 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 an exercise where, where you're simply just saying, I believe in myself because, and just finding what are those two things that you really want to, to affirm and lift up and visualize today and then they have a way of happening uh, when you really take the time to, to have that self-belief. Yeah. What's really interesting is that to hear you reflect that back and I know many people, if not all, has and has uh, situations where they may not have recognized the brilliance, the greatness, the gifts, the talents, you know, the the abilities. And sometimes it can be even characteristics. You might have a characteristic of being able to remain calm under pressure. And through doing that, you're able to really shift that atmosphere and help others who maybe right. not so calm being able to shift their, their uh, you know, mindset around that too. And hearing you say that, because I, I think as women, and I've had many conversations even in one of my other podcasts, Women in Leadership, women tend to, and, and um, what I'm really enjoying hearing, not that I want to, 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 to kind of put labels on people, but even men struggle with this as well. You know, that self-belief and, and talents. And it's often the things that come to us so naturally that we discredit because we think right. anyone can do that. But in actual fact, it comes to us because it really is a gift. It's a talent. And when we recognize that, hey, by bringing this forward, sharing it with others, that kind word, the ability to listen and not judge, whatever that may be for us, is a gift for someone else. And as you say, when we step into that, can help someone transform the way they think about things, can change behavior, which ultimately will change the outcome. And you've mm. reflected that in, in a testimonial that you were given. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. And in fact, um, the book um, opens up with um, the two, um, two characters, Brownie and Bruiser, who are, um, happen to be, both be at conferences in Boston where they've been recognized for awards and and Brownie um, kind of laments the fact that you know I just I was I just came here I was I was recognized for doing something really good um, but I see somebody else uh, 
who did better? And am I, am I good enough? You know, did I really deserve that reward? And I think sometimes we ask ourselves that question, whether we do it intentionally or not. Am I good enough? Am I good enough to do that next thing that will grow my business, grow my family, help other people um, in the causes that I care about? And the answer is yes, because God's given you uh, the unlimited ability if you believe in yourself and, and accept that responsibility to do whatever whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. I'm looking forward to um, to hearing you share a bit more about prioritizing the important work first. But just to finalize what you talked about there, and it is a fine line, isn't it, where we walk between humility and being able to say thank you for people who validate what we've done. And then right on the other spectrum, that arrogance, yeah, you know, the self-importance, yeah. isn't it? It's a fine line. And as we it, know, it is. It is. get to that stage, Rob, and I'd love for you to reflect on this because I'm sure you've seen this um, work out in, in the lives of your clients and even in your own life, is that when we get to the ability to be able to walk in our strengths and doors open, opportunities come to us and we step with integrity and absolute humility and not that self-importance, I'm amazing, I'm wonderful, because we know that it's not in our own strength, but also, you know, the, the Lord who blesses us. That's when the Lord goes, right, well, now, because I know that the motive isn't more of that, but rather glorifying me in what's happening here, I can give you more. Have you experienced that and seen that happen in the lives of your clients? Yes, I have. But, you know, where I really recognized it in a very vivid way was about four years ago, um, I decided to um, get involved with the prison ministry. Um, and I'm involved with a group called Kairos. It's an international group um, of men and women who go into prisons. In this case, we go into a maximum security prison. And our key program is, a, is four days in the prison. We don't sleep there. It's a four-day program in a prison with men who may never leave. And going into that program, one of the things that we're reminded over and over again is that if we let God do the work through us, that we don't come in there thinking we're going to do God's work. If we just let God shine through us, show through us, that really amazing things happen. And um, as many times as I've gone into the prison and I've talked to men who, again, will never get out or have, you know, dozens of years left to spend in there, the hope that they express to think that 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 it's okay to be where they are, that it's that it's just, you know, it's unfortunate that they did things that they did um, to show that hope. And then you see um, how God works through you and you don't take on this air of, aren't I great because I go into prisons and help these guys? You say, no, no, no. I go into a prison and let God use me as an instrument. Um, I think that is probably um, uh, one of the core ways that you can kind of keep check on that humility um, and do great things because you know it's not all about you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it becomes an honor, isn't it? I'm sure the work that oh. you, and sometimes, you know, I, I, even in, in my prayer time, it's like, I can't believe that 
you've chosen me to do that. And I think as yeah. all his children we do, we often, I can't believe, but, you know, the Lord sees something yeah. in us and um, when we allow him to shape us and uh, and some of the, in that shaping process may not always be the, the, the thing that we enjoy, but when we come out the right. other end, we realise, wow, amazing. So let's talk about prioritising important work first to avoid the distractions that get in the way. Listen, Rob, I have to put my hand up. I'll distract <laughs> No matter what, this is this is good. Love, love to tack on those insights. Let them yeah. come my way because I'm uh, I need those. You know, the we live in a world that is really, really easy to get um, distracted. We we have cell phones, we have email, we have all those things that we're. Um, interested in and we let them bombard us. And, and oftentimes one of our, the, bi- the biggest things that we do is we allow other people's priorities to become our priorities because we get engaged in interactions through some electronic devices that are really, really distracting. I mean, I think that's just one really kind of simple way to think about it. But um, but but it, but it goes beyond that. And, and what I know from the work that I do with my clients is that if we, um, uh, every 12 weeks um, at the shortest, um, set very specific priorities for what are the most important things that we want to do over the course of the next 12 weeks, mm-hmm. and we bounce that up against our one-year goals or, or even longer-term goals than that, and then Every time something new comes at us, we ask the question, is that supporting that thing or those couple of things that we said are most important? And if it doesn't, we, we push it away. We push it to a future time uh, because we know that if it really is important, it'll, it'll circle back around. Yeah. Um, so, so putting first things first um, is is kind of, I think, rule number one of really good time management. And I consider myself to kind of be a time management junkie. I've been through all of the courses. I've I've taught courses, taught courses on it. And I've written a little bit about it, and um, and I just I just watch how we can allow um, allow distractions to get in the way, and and not and and but we have priorities. We can bounce everything up against them. It becomes so much um, easier. That technique that you just shared is one that I have to admit that that has been one of the greatest ways to keep me focused. Also, obviously, having a mission statement and and always having that, you know, and vision and setting that for the year. Obviously, there's an overall um, focus, but having it for the year and then all of those, we call them the 90-day goals, projects, and really focusing on that. Something else, and I'd love you to share a bit about this too, because one of the things that I realised, and the fact that you've done a lot of the different um, time management and productivity courses, one of the things that I realised too is that is recognising how the Lord has built you. And I know that I tend to do things differently. I just do. You know, I can be given a system or whatever, and then if that system that I'm doing is, is taking me off where my natural ability to do, it becomes a barrier. So taking the lessons and then putting it through the lens and applying, for instance, just today, 
uh, I am meeting a lot of people and getting a lot of referrals and I'm writing them in just a journal that I carry with me to write notes. But then there's some notes there that I write for things that I need to do, brainstorming. I thought all of these golden nuggets of people that I need to follow up with, what was the conversation that is getting lost. So I had to put a system or create a system that will allow me to be able to reflect back, have it all in one place. And that's going to allow me to remain focused, not get distracted by all of the, you know, the pages that I'm writing in. Is that what you have found too, that you know, as you continue to implement different steps, it's like layered learning, isn't it? This is going to work for me. Continue to do it. Create a great yeah. habit, and it just builds on, doesn't it? It just builds yeah. on together. Yeah, those are those are great points because the truth is nobody does it exactly the same way, but there are some techniques that you can use, yeah. no matter whether you're you know the most um, structured project person or you like to think that you can wing everything. You can still add structure to the way that you approach things. And my, I call it the 4D mindset, and it's delete, delegate, delay, and do. And so when I approach my email inbox or I approach my to-do list or that whole bunch of things I've written down in my, uh, my journal or my notebook for later, I look at them and I say, okay, what did I write down that I thought was important? That really, it wasn't important. And it's just, it's just like a, a dirty dish that needs to be put in the dishwasher and I delete it and, and give it away. And then um, there's the ability to delegate things. You know, not everything that comes across your desk, depending on your team or your organization structure, do you need to do yourself? So ask yourself, what's on that list? What's in that email inbox? What's in, what's in that project that I can give somebody else to do whose job it is to do and probably do it better than I can do it, you know, not get in the way of other people. Um, and then that leaves me my stuff, my stuff, the things that I have to do. Um, but you don't have to do everything all at once. And we're limited how much thing, stuff we can do based on the number of hours in the day or the number of hours we dedicate to our work or to whatever the other things are that we're working on. So then you say, okay, what can I delay? What can I push out to June? What can I push out to 2022 um, and, and record it so you won't lose it. It won't be that, you know, um, fear of missing out because you you didn't record it or you didn't do it right away. And that leaves you your dues. And, and, and for most of us, depending on, you know, how our days and businesses are structured, probably only have time for two or three really important dues every day, not the five to 10 that are on that un organized list. So, um, so that's, that's just one of the, you know, small techniques that I like to work with. Um, when I think about putting, um, putting first things first, putting, you know, doing your most, um, important work. Mm. What um, I really love about what you've just said too is that, you know, so often as business owners, we we can, if we're not careful, get lost in the overwhelm. And any time that I feel a little bit overwhelmed is a time where I sit back. And, and not, the four Ds love all of those. But it is what is it that I need to do that will help me not, not right. feel well, am I carrying too much in my head? Do I need to document that? Do I need to, as you've just so beautifully reminded us, create a, a, a you know a twelve week plan? Is what I'm thinking about is it fit into the plan? Is it going to help me achieve that even quicker? If not, 
then it's a distraction and it'll around, as you said. Otherwise, um, you know, brilliant, brilliant. Love all of that. As we've got some few minutes left in the show, let's talk about living life with integrity and finding joy in doing for others. You obviously have shared a story already about how you are going to the prison ministry, finding joy, I'm sure, in um, in speaking to, to those people. But share a little bit more about this and how it's made an impact in your life. You know, um, I've been accused in my life of being one of those people that kind of has the uh, upside down smile as kind of my natural facial predisposition. And But the yeah. truth is, I love to smile. Um, it just drives me crazy when you walk on and you acknowledge that person. You don't give them a nod or a smile or a wink. Um, and I know I love picking people up and I love being picked up. So that's why I created um, the fourth lesson in the book is, is, is the importance of smiles and kind words. Um, it, it, that, is, that is the beginning of making the world a better, happier place just by doing little things to pick people up and to, and to help, them, help them smile. Um, it, it, it can be just the way that you pass them um, in the hall or on the street. Um, it can be thinking each day about, you know, three, four, five people that you just want to touch, send them a quick message and saying, hey, I was thinking about you. I hope you're smiling. That is just a real power of spreading joy and getting the momentum going, I think, to be you to live with that, um, that, that real active decision to, to make the world a better place and to be truest fans to other people because that's the key to being a truest fan it it, you know if you buy into being a truest fan you agree that you are a truest fan of everybody absolutely everybody whether you like them or not and and you alluded to it before it's it's what god has taught us to do to to love everybody all the time Um, even if they're um, or we're a little unlovable and we don't quite get along we still have to have to love them. And I think loving people starts with just making sure we acknowledge people and make them smile and just make that part of, um, of what we do. Yeah, so important. Uh, Rob, I've loved speaking with you. How can people find out more about your work? Because I know that uh, you are a business coach, you help uh, businesses, but also if they have heard you talk about uh, your book, Truest Fan, how can they get a copy of that? What's the best way? Okay, so Here's the thing. I want everybody to go to truestfan.com. That's my website, truestfan.com, and buy three copies of the book. And the reason I want you to do that is you're going to love the book. You're going to want to read it over and over again. You're going to quickly think about someone in your family or somebody that you work with that needs a copy of that book because there's going to be a lesson that you're going to think, oh, Rob could really, um, could really benefit from that lesson. And then the third copy is the one that you're going to keep for a stranger because it's it's a way to make somebody smile and you can give it away. And I know it sounds like I'm being self-promotional, but this is how much I believe in this, that it's it's something that you can do for yourself. You can give to people that you love. You can give them to a complete stranger and it will create uh, a movement and uh, and move forward this whole idea of being true as fans um, to others. And if I haven't quite convinced you to buy a copy of the book yet, you can also go to truestfan.com forward slash first chapter, and I'll send you a free copy of the first chapter, and then you'll be 
hooked and then you'll end up buying 10 copies, not just three. So um, yeah, uh, that's that's the best way to uh, to move forward. And uh, we've had a great comment there. Now, I am going to try and pronounce your name, but please forgive me. Oluwagbi Malika. Malika. I hope that is uh, the right pronunciation, but uh, thank you for sharing. He says, uh, oh, this is so beautiful. Great discussion here. Yay, smiles and an act of kindness. Little things that make the world a better place. It so is. And thank you for, for sharing that because we don't know, do we, Rob? We may smile at someone and say a kind word when they might have experienced a day, a week, a month of heartache or challenges and just through a smile of a stranger and a kind word can be what completely shifts, you know, their thinking. It can make right. a difference. You know, Emery, I shared with you before we got started today that I spent um, seven hours in the emergency room. Uh, fortunately, everything is um, is okay. Um, but while I was there, um, one of the um, nurses who was um, attending to us um, looked at me and just gives me this big smile. And she goes, I went to high school with your daughters. And... Um, it was it, it was just uplifting. It was middle of this draining day where there was more waiting than anything else, and and it's just a, it's a perfect example of of that of that simple smile, that little act that meant more than anything else that anybody else in the hospital did for us um, today. So um, so yeah, it, it makes a huge huge difference. Huge, huge difference. Well, Rob, one of the things that I love to do at the end of each show is just finish with a word of prayer. Can I do that? Absolutely. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to speak with Rob today and to really find insights and testimony around how to become our truest fan because when we do that, Lord, we can then step forward and be that for others as well. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we had to speak with him. Uh, we know that he's had a, a day that, uh, yeah, was um, was challenging yet had such a, a a great outcome that things that define we just want to uphold him and his wife and family in, in uh, prayers will you continue to uplift them father continue to bless the business continue to bless um, the book getting it out into the hands of people that uh, you know can continue to make such a difference and an impact just through a smile a kind word um, a wink as they just pass someone it can make such a difference and uh, we just thank you and uh, we ask this all in Jesus name amen Amen. Thank you so much, Rob, once again. Thank you for continuing to be your own truest fan so that you can inspire us to be our own truest fan. And as we know, that's not from a self-serving um, sentiment at all. In fact, it's from the opposite. And because, right. as we know, the Lord says, love your neighbours as you love yourself, it's hard to do that if we're not loving our, ourselves. And so that's really important. And it comes from a place of humility and being able to um, to, to show others, um, yeah, the love of the Lord and how much he loves them, even though they may not know him. And we've got another comment here. Amen. Great that Amen. you can us uh, here. So thanks once again, Rob, all the very best with the book. Thank you for sharing your insights and uh, blessings as you continue to to be the truest fan and, and share that message out into the world. Well, you are a truest fan too, and rest assured, Anne-Marie, I am your truest fan. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? 
Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.